Thank you for tuning in to today's High Praise Podcast. Today's podcast is hosted by Apostle Robert Gay from High Praise Panama City and features special guest Pastor Richard Parenchy from Now Church in Ocala, Florida. Today, Apostle Robert and Pastor Richard are going to be talking about spiritual longevity, and it's going to be a blessing to you. But first, today's episode of the High Praise Podcast is brought to you by Pastor Robert's newest book, I Belong, available at highpraise.shop. In I Belong, Pastor Robert clearly and concisely articulates the need for every Christian to belong to a local church. With both scriptural and practical principles, the reality that every believer has a function and ministry is clearly revealed. I Belong will produce a sense of purpose that stimulates fruitfulness and accomplishment within every believer. Visit highpraise.shop, that's highpraise.shop, and get your copy of I Belong for $13.95, or get the I Belong book and t-shirt combo for only $27.95. Once again, you can get your copy at highpraise.shop, that's highpraise.shop. Well, welcome everybody to this special edition of our High Praise podcast, and uh, I'm Pastor Robert here, and I have a special, wonderful guest, just a wonderful friend, you know, that's not that many people that uh, you can say have been close friends for uh, a long time, but the gentleman that I have with me today is a close friend of ours, he and his wife both, and it's Pastor Apostle Richard Parenchief from Now Church in Ocala, Florida. Apostle Richard, it's great to have you on the podcast today. I'm so glad to be your friend for over 28 years, man. It's just, uh, yes. we, we, were bar- we were barely in our 30s, or you were probably 30, and I was probably 31 when we first met. So, I mean, that's yeah. a long time ago. Yeah, I had just turned 30 because Micah was on, right. he, had, he was a baby. The first time yeah. that we had the opportunity and privilege to come minister there, uh, at that time it was Spirit Life. Uh, yep, yep. Uh, we were able to minister there powerful time of ministry, powerful time of the word, just a great It was life changing to be honest with you. I mean, it was, it was, it was a divine appointment for sure. And within a couple of months we were together in Chicago, right? That big conference in Chicago. Yeah. 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 Lester and uh, yeah. These fathers (laughs) and generals, uh, yeah. in the kingdom of God, you know, that yeah, and it was kind of like a pinch me moment because here we were just new friends, but all of a sudden that door opened and you and I were on that platform together, kind of young guys just thinking, how do we get here? You know, we were yeah. up in the suite with these major men of God. Yeah. Strong, you know, just faith. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but I know every time I've ever ministered there in your church, it's been just very powerful. Uh, you've been able to cultivate an atmosphere within your church where the people, they draw on the anointing, they know how to receive. And you can, you know, there's a difference between um, coming into a place or ministering in a church where the attitude is, uh, pull a rabbit out of the hat and entertain me. Yeah. Versus coming into a place where they're hungry for the word, they're hungry for the move of God, they're hungry for the presence of God. They desire an, a, a genuine encounter with uh, the Holy Spirit that transforms their lives and makes a difference and causes change, not just so much in a way of an excitement of the moment, but a change that is then acted out the moment they leave the doors. And uh, y'all been able to do that in Ocala now for this year, 30 years. Yeah. This is your 30-year anniversary. I want to say congratulations 
uh, to you and um, Pastor Gail uh, for that 30 year anniversary. You know, not many people can talk about having 30 years of successful, consistent ministry. And, uh, and so congratulations to you, number one. And, you. Uh, you know, today I really wanted to kind of bounce off of that because obviously to have it, to start a church and then see that church grow and then 30 years later still have that church. Yeah. Still have some of the founding members. You've got some of the folks that you started out with in the very early days. Yeah. Uh, we had, we had people church. that we had people at our party the other night yeah. that were there the very first night and we only had 70 wow. the first night. So we actually wow. had um, two families right. that were there the very first night right that were still that are still in the church that is incredible yeah it's incredible it's like uh we have all you know 20 we're 23 years old but we have all of the founding elders that oh. we have with the exception of one couple we have all of our founding elders yeah. still within our church body but you know and also of course your kids are serving the lord your kids are co-laboring with you you know your children yeah. There's a generational anointing. We're going to talk a little bit about all of these things. That's awesome, man. You know, but to see that happen, you know, to transpire within your life, within your ministry, is um, is such a testimony uh, to the power of God, such a testimony within the kingdom. And I believe, you know, the Bible says that we are to follow those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. You That's know, true. and so there's obviously some things that you've done that have brought success. Obviously, I know if, unless the Lord builds a house, they that labor, labor in vain. That's exactly right. But he has to have somebody that will cooperate with him, that yep. will allow him to use them and minister through them. And so, uh, you know, I want to uh, uh, talk some just about those things. And uh, partially one of the reasons I want to talk about it is because um, about two or three years ago, I, I wrote a book called Building Strong. I'm not trying to just do a cheap plug, but no, I like it. It's, 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 a, it's a, a good book to get. But um, I talk specifically. The whole theme of the of the book is really following God's blueprint blueprint for the church that we find in the Book of Acts. Yeah, all the pattern. And so there's a pattern that was developed there, and obviously there are different things that you did, and you know, uh, in building your church. And I, you know, I would really like to today be able to receive some of the nuggets of wisdom that you've been okay. able to derive over the last 30 years, what you've seen that's effective, <laughs> what you have seen that works, and what you have seen that what does every church need and what does every member of the body of Christ need in order to live an overcoming life, victorious life, succeed in life, succeed as a church body, and be effective in the community. That's fantastic, man. Uh, first of all, I just want to tell you how much we love you guys. You and Pastor Stacy, we just got to watch uh, something you did for us, for our church, for the 30th anniversary. It's going to be uh, in one of our services. We're doing those on Sundays the next few weeks. And just, man, we just honor you as well and um, appreciate you and, and your steadfastness. When I think of uh, Robert and Stacy Gay, I think of people that are the same yesterday, today, and forever. <laughs> like the Lord, uh, you, you've changed like with the, the times in the sense of we were all different when our kids, when we first met, our kids were small. Right. And so we had these visions and things like that as we, as we grew. As you get teenagers, you kind of have to learn where to be flexible and where to be solid. Right, And so y'all have stayed so strong through that as well. And so I think it's a great topic for both of us to, to talk about. First of all, I want to say that when we first started the church in 1990, mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. The biggest churches in the country that we uh, thought were the coolest, biggest, strongest don't even exist anymore. Wow. Uh, the, the ones that we, that we, that, that actually I thought were, okay, this is the ones we want to emulate. Uh -huh. Um, so some of the things that I look back now, uh, that I would, you know, if, if my 59 year old self could talk to my 22 year old self when I first right. felt called to ministry, right. I, I, I really kind of thought about those aspects. Uh -huh. And one of the things I have to say is trust God with your, with the process, of yes. preparation. Right. Because in God's providence, I was born again and 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 became fi on fire for God in an evangelical Presbyterian church. Wow. It was not a spirit-filled church. Uh-huh. And the, and in that place I began seminary classes mm. that gave me tremendous foundation in the word. And I'm telling you that church believed the word. I still have relationship with my pastor from those days who pastors in Memphis, Tennessee today uh, at 72 years of age, he's still pastoring Grace Evangelical Church in Memphis. Mm. But uh, he, he had this church he started in Ocala mm. in the late seventies and Gail, my wife knew him was in the youth group there yeah. and the foundation that they put inside of us. Right. You trust the integrity of the word. Yes. The word is the inerrant, the inspired, the infallible word of the living God that's able to change and shape your life on the inside out. That stuff was so ingrained in me as a young pastor, as a, as young, as a young man, a young man search, searching for God. Yeah. I first felt called to ministry in that church mm -hmm. and the route they told me I'd have to do, which was seminary. Well, it was, it was a bachelor's degree. Then uh, three years of seminary, one year as an intern, get an MDiv, Masters of Divinity. Oh. I thought I was going to be in Mississippi doing a Masters of Divinity program, and God just completely changed it. As you know, some of our story, by the time we were 25, we got filled with the Holy Spirit in the privacy of our own home. Wow. One night watching Christian television, which we were encouraged not to do by, by the evangelical movement. Mm. The, the charismatic, those charismatics have taken over Christian TV and they're dangerous is what we were told. <laughs> so, so when, when Gail and I experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the privacy of our own home here in, in, in the Ocala area, 1986, we were 25 years old and my life went from this, fire for God that would, I, I was on a spiritual roller coaster. I'd be strong in God and then I'd be busy in work. And then I'd be, you know, I, I had these things. And every time I felt, every time I was doing well in work, doing good on my job as an insurance agent, financially, I'd say, well, maybe I'm not called. Maybe I'm supposed to just be a financier. And so we just became givers. So that's another foundation. We learned about tithing oh, wow. and our life changed. We yep. learned about sowing seed mm -hmm. and our life changed. Right. So all these foundational things, God was putting in. So in the Presbyterian Church, the, the thing they taught us was about the sovereignty of God. Well, I will tell you that, there, that, that God is sovereign and man has free choice. It's not right. one or the other to me. Right. You know, groups have been arguing over those doctrines for hundreds of years. Yes. And yet in my life, I've seen both. Right. We we were found. We were set in the sovereignty of God and the awesomeness of God mm -hmm. and the integrity of His Word. Mm -hmm. And then 
when we experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we measure everything by the Word. I had never been to a Spirit-filled church, and we measured because of the foundation. Well, I said, well, I'm not going to, okay, we had this great experience. Right. But I'm not going to measure it by how I feel. Right. I'm going to measure it by what the Word says. That's it. So if this is real, I need, I need you, Lord, to show me. And, and so Scripture is just, I mean, brand new Scriptures. Mark, Mark 16, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out demons, they shall speak with yes. you. Yes. So that stuff really uh, got in me strong and kept us strong in the, in the, in the crazy times. And then, and finally on that point, uh, as you know, uh, right after we got filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, somebody told us about Benny Hinn in Orlando. Mm. And the first no, the second spiritual church we went to, we had been baptized in the Holy Spirit for about two months. And we went to a Benny Hinn Sunday morning service. And then four days later to a healing service. And he called me out. And I, I'll never forget it, Robert, Pastor Robert, that day. Oh, my gosh. It was like uh, Pastor Benny Hinn said, Call, tell God what you need. What's your miracle? And I said, God, I don't need a healing right now. But here's what I need. Right. Before I leave this room, I need to know if you've called me to ministry and to be a pastor or not. Yeah, yeah. And by the time I left that room, Benny Hinn called me out, singled me out of over 2,500 people wow. and began to prophesy over my life, which I didn't even know what prophecy was. Amazing. Amazing. And, so, and some of the things I'm doing today, mm -hmm. he said, 35 years ago. <laughs> well, you know, isn't that amazing how God has the ability just to put you in the right place at the right time? I've um, always noticed how that before there's a major launching, there's usually some, there's some, some providential event. Yeah. God. Great. Yeah. True. Somebody speaks a word. Um, there's a, and with that word, there's a divine impartation that yeah. releases you into something that you had never, ever uh, experienced, never thought of, never dreamt yeah. of, never done before. And um, I can go all the way back to about writing songs for me. I always had a desire yeah. to write songs. And the Lord had providentially, we'd moved out to Tulsa, Oklahoma in 1982. Stacey and I had been married for one year. Wow. We were seeking the Lord's direction, of course, Thought, you know, if you go to Tulsa, that was the that was the Christian Mecca at the time, you know. Yeah, that was Jerusalem. It was, it was that was Mount Zion, you know. <laughs> if you if you wanted to, you know, the the place where the God was moving mightily by His Spirit, then you know, go to the Tulsa. But anyway, we're out there, and things were not working out at all. However, we were actually staying with some folks within the church that we were attended attending at the time. And uh, they knew a lady by the name of Mom Goodwin, and she was uh, very well known in Word of Faith circles. Anyway, they had her over for dinner, and we heard that she was coming over for dinner, and we thought, this lady's a little bit strange. Yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, the way that she would flow was she would give an utterance in tongues and immediately interpret it. And so, just to be honest with you, at that time, we were... Um, that was that was spooky to us a little bit, you know. Yeah, but, sure, you know, absolutely. Raising raising full gospel church, we we're raising Pentecostal church, but we just were not accustomed to that flavor, that flow, that style of ministry. And so we yeah. left while they were having dinner. They were having dinner, and said we're going to leave the house. We came back; <laughs> and she, she was still there, and so we just went back to our bedroom, kind of snuck back, you know, go back real quietly. 
And um, the next thing you know, there's a knock on our door. And um, they, they said, uh, Mom Goodwin wants you to come out and play the piano, and she wants to worship. Uh, and I, and so I said, okay. So I went out there, started playing the piano. They began to worship. And then she, uh, she said, uh, as she was going out there, I want you and your wife to come to my house. And, uh, and so, uh, and of course I, at that time I was freaking out, you know, we're going, yeah. why, why does she want us to go to her house? You know, oh. she's going to reveal all the sin we've done, you know, because that's her idea. <laughs> and, uh, and so we went over there. We sat down and she began to prophesy immediately to us she, and the same flow. She, she'd speak in tongues and then she'd prophesy. And she said, you're going to begin to write songs. And, and I, that, that one word, this, it was worth going to Tulsa just to get that one word. There you go. That one word there you activated go. something on the inside of me. Yeah. Within three months, I started writing songs and I've been writing ever since then. And wow. so, it's just amazing how God, and, and even I could give you stories of, at Christian International with, with Bishop Hammond, uh, other great men of God that we've been able to uh, get, get very close to. I, I don't like to, and I don't want to drop names or anything like that, but there's been a lot of great men of God, fathers of the yeah. faith, that sure. we, the Lord has just providentially positioned us to be able to connect with and glean the wisdom. Yeah that these men, you know, there really does need that you were talking about the foundations that you have. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I really see that there is a great need in the body of Christ right now is a return to those foundations people that are getting activated in the prophetic. That's all good and wonderful, but yet they have very little biblical foundation. And that's, that's a problem. Yeah. That's very, a problem. Very, very dangerous whenever, you know, you're, you're kind of like somebody, you just started going to electrician school and you're trying to handle 220 right now. You know, you're not ready for 220. You know, you're ready for a nine volt battery right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so it was so good, uh, you know, to hear you share about how that you got those foundations because obviously those foundations are still a part of you, your life, your ministry. Those foundations are a part of your church. Those foundations yeah. have carried you on and given you something whereby you could build on that would stand the test of time. Especially over the storms. Yes. The, the yeah. challenges. I mean, so, so, so we ended up being with Benny Hinn for three and a half years in Orlando and moved from, so I went from the insurance business and by another series of crazy things, I wound up working for the Christian TV station in Orlando with Claude and Frida Bowers that we had watched when we got filled with the Holy Spirit. Oh, wow. They had us, they had us on the t- their show one day to share our testimony that they found out about uh-huh. and end up doing two shows with us and our kids. And then he goes, you need, after the, sh- after the thing's over, he goes, you know, you need to be in ministry. I said, well, tell me about it. He goes, well, just let me tell you something before you run off to Africa or do something crazy in missions or something. He mm-hmm. said, uh, you need to come see me in a few weeks. Yeah. And we ended up moving to Orlando, and uh, the insurance thing, there was a little bit of a bridge that wasn't, a a Christian business guy wasn't as Christian as he said he was going (laughs) to be. And uh, and we wound up down there working, we wound up working for a company that wasn't actually keeping its word. Uh And so I went up on staff with that, with with the Christian TV guy, Uh um, and healing started to happen with me praying with people on the phone. Wow. Awesome. So he started having, all I was doing when he hired me was doing a survey for him 
uh-huh. of, uh, of donors to call them on the phone, thank them for their gift, and pray with them. Wow. Well, people started getting healed <clears throat> and started calling him and writing him letters. So he started having me on the program wow. giving praise reports. Mm. So then I'm on TV, and I'm, and I'm serving in my church, serving Pastor Benny uh, just as a volunteer. And that kept growing, 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 where I became one of his drivers that would drive him to and from the airport. And he would speak words to me getting back from um, a massive crusade. Yeah. Uh, and stuff got, like you said, got, they get inside of you. So the education, right. instead of the MDiv route, and I went back later and got my right. master's and my doctorate, right. but right. the route God gave me was totally foundation, so serve, cool. serve so other people. Yeah. With what you and here's the other thing that I think you're talking about things that need to be in this generation, Pastor Robert. Nobody had to beg me and my wife to come to church and serve. Yeah. We were there. Yeah. Even even going to Orlando when we were first filled with the Holy Spirit, going to Orlando to to Pastor Benny's church. Right. We said God couldn't possibly want us to drive down there with two small children once a week. And I said to my wife later on. Yeah, he didn't. He wanted us to drive down three times a week. <laughs> so we <laughs> commuted true. for almost a year from Ocala to Orlando, an hour and a half drive. Wow. To go to that church. And then we wound up on staff at TV station. Then Pastor Benny started seeing me on TV. And then I'm serving him. I became a catcher. You know, <laughs> you remember the old catchers when you yes. catch on the falling bodies. And he yeah. kept telling me, you really flow with the spirit. Yeah. You really know, you, you're anticipating the Holy Spirit. Right. And, and so he was the guy that then raised me up into being a pastor. And I left after a year being on staff with the TV ministry. Mm-hmm. He brought me on staff as pastoral care pastor. And then right away I was in youth, became a youth pastor. Yeah. And when we started the church in 1990, uh, honestly, I didn't know what to do. All I knew to do, yeah. I asked Pastor Benny, what, what do I do? He said, Pray in tongues and preach the word. <laughs> and that was my whole counsel. I tell people that today they're all in the systems and structures. Yeah, yeah. And all, you know, these you know, the formulas. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, my, my, our formula was yeah. pray in tongues and preach the word. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a great place to start. I mean, that's a great, great place amazing, to start. You know, and I know whenever we started our church in 1997, before we started, I, although I had been in ministry for quite some time, um, as a matter of fact, at that point in time, about 16 years, uh, uh, as far as what we call full-time ministry. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, I, I started praying, Lord, I, and of course I never wanted to pastor, you know, my, my philosophy was ministry would be great if it just weren't for the people. And so the <laughs> exactly. I, I listen, I, you and I had some long talks about you pastoring and you yeah. were like, no, nah, no, nah, not me. I'm a yeah. traveling guy. I had no desire whatsoever. <laughs> and, uh, the Lord was blessing us in other ways as we were traveling and, of course, writing songs. And, of course, we were on staff at, at Christian International for many years, uh, co-labored with Bishop Hammond, where I, there was such a, a uh, rich deposit that was placed on the inside of me. But whenever we uh, started a church, I, what, I, what I heard the Lord say, what I heard the Lord say was just follow the pattern. And you know, it drove me to the word, drove me to there the you word. Go. Yeah. If, if I would just go to the Bible, this is what we're talking about. Well, yeah. what, what did they do in the early church? You know, you know, the very first thing is very interesting. It's, you know, he said, preach the word. It says the very first thing it talks about in, um, as far as the early church, it says they continued steadfastly in the apostles doctrine. 
Yeah. What was there? There was a preaching of the word. Yeah. Uh, not not a preaching out of Reader's Digest. I know they're all the no. I understand what I'm saying by that, or or even psychology today. It was a sure. from, the, from from doctrine, from the word, from the rich yeah. and the wealth of scripture. That that's, they, listen, that's what got us through some of those crazy things. Mm-hmm. And maybe we'll talk about you know the the first year of ministry at some point. You were saying earlier how that how hard you know how hard that first ministry year ministry is. But here's the thing: uh, we stood on Acts chapter four uh-huh. many times when we were under uh, an assignment. It was like stuff trying to make us just quit. Right. And and in that it says they came to their they returned to their own company, their own local church, uh-huh. and they raised their collective voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you said right. through the through David. And so we kept seeing, you know, uh, prayer and intercession Absolutely. is not just we've seen some intercessors that kind of got a little spooky, like you're talking about, a little crazy. Sure. But real intercession in the book of Acts was really, they were speaking the word from the fathers of the faith in the Old Testament. Yeah. yeah. They were saying, Lord, you said through David this. You said through through Elijah this. Right. You know, and they would speak that. They, the book of Acts is full of Old Testament references. Absolutely. You know, and what they were doing is just bringing God in remembrance of his word. They there were, you go. You know, That's and, right. You know, if you're really going to, if you're going to pray, you must pray in faith for it to be effective. First of all, there you go. You know, yep. faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Yeah. So if you're going to pray in faith, you're going to have to be praying the word. That's he right. Says in first John, we know that if we ask anything according to his will, well, his will is his word. We could say right. ask anything according to his word. Yeah. Uh, we know that he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, we know that we have the we petitions have. that we have desired of him. So intercession yeah. is always, you know, it's sort of like we know that Jesus is our advocate, but the, uh, of course, but Jesus himself is the word. Yeah. We always, whenever we're going to the father, when we approach the throne, we approach by the blood, but we approach mm-hmm. with the word, with the promise that God has yeah. said, has declared yeah. because we are, we are making our case, not based upon our own merit, but based upon right. the promise. That's and right. many times people are trying to base their request upon, uh, Lord, have pity on me, Lord, yeah. uh, uh, or their need. They've done this and done that, yeah. therefore they deserve it. And we don't place yeah. anything that we request of the Lord on our own merit. We no. take it upon his promise. That's and why we pray in Jesus' name and not our name. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, uh, if I can shift here for just a second, you know, one of the yeah. things that I've always thought is so wonderful and um, we we grew up in a time when it seemed like always the, the preacher's kids were the worst kids. They were the it's ones, true. as soon as they got old enough, they left the church. And, yeah. you know, your family, all your family right now are serving the Lord. All your Thank family, God. your kids, they're, they're on staff there with you. They're working, co-laboring with you. They've even branched out. I know uh, Ricky helped us so much uh, and helped our oldest son, Pastor Joshua, who's now pastoring in Orlando. Uh, whenever we started to launch into a television ministry, we actually sent him down, uh, <laughs> Joshua down there to spend a week with Ricky just to learn, to glean. And so, you know, I've told people before uh, that, you know, I could live on the side of the road on a cardboard box and still be a rich man. Not that I want to live that way. But yeah. Is all of my kids I have three children, as you know, 
And all three of them are serving the Lord today. All three of them prophesy in the house of the Lord. All three of the them. The greatest are, wealth you can have, man. Absolutely. There's no price. All the gold in Fort Knox <laughs> could not buy that or purchase that. I mean, no. and it's the, the value is much more than that. So you've done that, and, and we see it displayed in your family and your children. And um, I'd like for you just to comment on that, you know. And, and uh, I, you know, one of the things I think is very important uh, is that, Kids have to, particularly ministers' kids, have to be have to grow up not despising ministry having robbed them of their parents. Yeah, that's so true. Very, very important. Yeah. Well, I think part of that. I, I first of all, I got to give a, a, a lot of credit to my wife Gail. Uh, she she we was the rock, and you know she she's been the rock. So so she had been a Christian when I met her, and I was I was raised in, in a church, but I wasn't a Christian. And so she she was raised in a fundamental Baptist church here in Ocala that did, um, so she knew the Bible backwards and forwards, and she really had a real relationship with the Lord. And her mother, my precious mother-in-law, uh, who's still uh, with us and in our church for many, many years, um, she was my one of my greatest spiritual influences. Wow. Uh, so Gail was a real, when, Gail was born to be a mama. And, and even when we started our church, we... We had a vision for us to be uh, pastors together, mm -hmm. but what that looked like was not like it looks like today. She was very focused on the kids. She was very focused on uh, their relationship with the Lord. Mm -hmm. uh, in those early days, I started traveling like God started opening doors to nations. In the first few years of ministry, I was out 17 Sundays a year uh, in the nations doing ministry. Mm. Um, which, you know, turned out to be a great thing, but I couldn't sustain that over time. And, uh, and, and so um, Gail really deserves a lot, a lot of the credit. Uh, I, remember, I remember Billy Graham, uh, Ruth, Ruth Bell Graham, his wife one time was asked if she ever considered uh, divorce. She said, no, never once did we consider divorce. And they were kind of shocked. She took a beat. She goes, now murder <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and the other part was she, she talked about that. Um, they said, well, how did, uh, how did you make it so long in your marriage to Billy Graham? Mm -hmm. She said, he traveled a lot. <laughs> so, um, you know, Gail would look forward to me traveling sometimes, I think in those early days, but that traveled too much. And she was the one that kind of, uh, it was Bishop Hammond that said to me one time, and probably, you probably heard him say it a hundred times from being around like you were. But he said to me one time, I've never seen it fail, but the God doesn't yoke together uh, a racehorse with a Clydesdale. Right, right. When he puts marriages together. So I was the racehorse. My wife was the Clydesdale kind of anchoring us. And I was, I rushed, I ran through my 30s, ran through my 30s, 20s and 30s, got very little sleep. And just ran, 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 ran. By my early mid forties, my body started to break down a little bit. Mm, mm. And Gail really was the one that just said, "Okay, this is what I've been telling you. We need to, we need to kind of redo what we're doing here, and yeah. focus on focus on our church, focus on our, our family." And um, I don't think I was a bad dad. I was very present when I was at home, but I traveled a little too much in those early days. But those kids, um, our son and our daughter, uh, Ricky, our son is 39 now. Our daughter, Kristen, is pregnant with their third child, and uh, that'll be our fifth grandchild. 
mm-hmm. and uh, she's 36. And so they're now older and wiser than you and I were when we met. Right. So our, all of our kids, I think, are older than we were, except for Micah, than when we first met. And it's the foundations. It's the foundations, the foundations. Even what you were talking about, the blood of Jesus. You, you gave a message on the word of faith right there that is foundational. Mm-hmm. When, when, when uh, the great um, uh, football coach of the Green Bay Packers, Vince Lombardi, uh, every year when they'd get back to camp and prepare for the NFL season, back then the players weren't full-time. They worked jobs, mm-hmm. you know, in the offseason. Right, and when he gathered that first group back again, he'd start out and he'd bring out a he'd bring out the ball and he'd say, "Gentlemen, we're going to start with the basics. Right. This is a football." <laughs> Every year, and some of those older guys like, "Why does he do that?" Right. right. But if you don't know this is a football, you're not going to know how to throw it or how. It, I mean, he started with the right. basics every year. Yeah. You know, and isn't that an interesting? You know, how many times have we watched a sporting event? And actually commented they lost because they didn't practice the fundamentals. Basketball, football, whatever it might be, baseball. Most of the time when a team loses, it's because somewhere there was a breakdown in just fundamental play. Fundamental. Tackling. I mean. uh, Focus. I know we go back and forth. You're a Gator fan. I'm a Knowles (laughs) fan. And – and you my, have my Gatorade is here because the Knowles have been playing so poorly, but nonetheless. Well, you and I have also said we, we both like our teams both to be strong yeah. because our teams are better when that competition. Oh, absolutely. When, when, when the national championship has to go through the state of Florida, yeah. I'm a happy man. Absolutely. But, you know, what's interesting, and, I mean, the Gators are coming on real strong. That's that's something to be said out of a knoll, right? But nonetheless, <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, I, you can, and you've seen it when the teams were the weakest. You know, it's always because, of course, you watch the game and you go, this is just fundamental tackling not being done properly. Uh, yeah. Fundamental ball handling, fun, you know, real fundamentals. And I know it's real easy to talk about it whenever you're not down there on the field, but it still doesn't change the fact. Yeah. Fundamentals that cause you to have a foundation from which you build on and build strong, have a strong team. And I believe so it is in the kingdom of God. We, you know, if we don't practice the fundamentals correctly, yeah. You know, if we don't know the words, then don't prophesy right now. You just need to sit yeah. there in the word, then prophesy. Yeah. Um, if you if you're not if there's certain things that you're not well equipped in just to start out with, and it's better to leave some of the more advanced things uh, to those who have that solid foundation on the inside. Yeah. And yeah. Not only solid foundation, but I'll say this, Pastor uh, Richard, proven solid foundation. Yeah, there's one thing to know something, but then it's another thing to prove that. That's and, true. And whenever you walk down the road, where I've proven this, I'm not. I, this isn't just head knowledge to me. I've mm-hmm. had to walk through. I've had to walk through the life and death situation, and I've come out on the other side with a testimony of life. Amen. I, I've had to walk through the difficult times. You know, we were sharing a little bit before we started. Cat five hurricane here. You know, it's one thing to talk about walking through a time of great devastation. We walked through it here in, in Becky. Yeah. Walked through it. You know, yeah. what? came out on the other side and we're stronger than ever. And so, yeah. uh, you know, uh, you've, you and Gail, y'all walked through some things. You've, you've seen some tough situations. 
you've had, you've got, I don't like to call it battle scars, but you know, there are some obvious um, things that you can point to and say, I went through that. I went through that. I went through that. I went through that. And things that you learn on the other side of that are invaluable. They really are. Yeah. And I I think that, um, I think the scars, I think battle scars are actually, uh, to me, it is an appropriate uh, thing because I realized a few years ago that uh, when Jesus, before the ascension, after the resurrection, when he walked into the gathering of the apostles Mm -hmm. and he goes into that room and the first time, remember, Thomas wasn't there. Uh-huh. And he reveals himself. And, and when he leaves, Thomas comes in and says, unless I uh, touch his scars, I'm not going to believe. And we, you know, of course, we call Thomas Doubting Thomas because of history. Jesus didn't call him Doubting Thomas. In fact, yeah. the next time that Jesus comes and walks into that room, he mm-hmm. says, where's Thomas? Yeah. Thomas, come over here. Yeah. yeah. I want you to touch my scars. And one of the things that really hit me uh, out of that a few years ago was this. There, God knows that there are, you know, hell, we, we always say God meets people where they really are. If they're looking for God, whatever way they're looking, God will meet them wherever they are. There's a group of some people that are experiential people that will not believe until they see somebody's scars yeah, that right. they've been through. And so we, we always say uh, there's a time to show your scars. Yeah. Uh, you can't show them to everybody. Some people believe, well, some people will believe in God because of the testimony of the victories you have in your life. Right. Other people in your office, other people where you go to church, other people in your community will only believe when they actually see you've been through something and right. come out on the other side and you are praising God in the midst of it. Right. And, you know, regardless, the, the important thing is that they believe. Yeah. The thing is you have something you can point back to and say, I remember when yeah. and I saw God. In other words, I'm not, I'm not giving you a theory. You yeah. know, I'm not giving you an idea or something that I just mentally assent to. Right. I actually saw it. I witnessed it. I experienced Amen. it. And Apostle Richard, I want to tell you how much I appreciate you being on with us today. I'd like to do, and there's some things that we didn't get to actually talk about today, and we're going to, I'm going to have you come back on another time here real soon. Anytime. And, uh, but we love you and uh, Pastor Gail. Y'all are such a Thank blessing. You. We're praying for you and all your church down in Ocala. They have a great church. You. you are in the Ocala area, anywhere down in that region, um, the central Florida area. Please uh, go over there, uh, at least visit them. And, uh, you know, if you don't have a home church and you're looking for somewhere, then uh, consider becoming a part of a, uh, of Now Church there in Ocala, Florida. It's a great church. Thank you. They love the Lord. God's doing powerful things down there. And y'all are starting your services back uh, May 20- 22nd. Yeah, Friday night, May 22nd. We're starting again at 7 o'clock. And uh, so following the guidelines and that have been given to us, issued to us both by the White House and also by the state of Florida. Sure. And, uh, you know, I believe as we do that, uh, we didn't really get to talk much about all the things that are going on. But, I, you know, I think right now we did probably need to shift more of our attention to what really the Holy Spirit is saying. Yeah. And, uh, more so than even the the cultural things we're absolutely reminded every day. Just turn on the news. But, yeah. uh, you know, we're praying for you guys. and I, Thank you so much. We are praying for you as well. Thank you. Thank you. But we love you, Apostle Richard, and uh, just 
pray blessing upon your church and thank God for the relationship that we have. Glory well, to God. thank you for the many years of speaking the word faithfully to me when, and to us when we needed it. You've ministered to our team. I'd love to talk sometime about team building because that's been one of our big keys. We've got staff members been with us for right. two or three decades themselves, key people. And a lot of that was in the early days, you really came in and poured into them and helped us to raise them up and see the giftings and callings on their life. So thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you to you and Pastor Stacy and your family. Uh, you've been a great example to us as well. Thank you so much. We love you and we bless you. And, mm -hmm. and again, we're going to have Apostle Richard uh, and uh, maybe we can also have Apostle, uh, Pastor Gail on too. I'll have Pastor Stacy here with us. We can oh, that'd be great. Thing. Now, we might not get to talk very much, but our, our wives can. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, but we let, let me pray for everybody. Father, I just thank you for your anointing and grace. And Lord, I declare the release of that now in the lives of your people. I thank you, Father God, that we're building for the long haul. Father God, that we're building upon a strong foundation, yes. the foundation of your word, the foundation of those things that we know to be true, that you've declared and spoken in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So Richard, we declare blessing over here. His wife, his family, his church body. Thank you, Lord God, for and another 30 years that you'll add to them in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Again, thank you, Apostle Richard. Thank you so much. All right. God bless everybody. And uh, look forward to uh, speaking with everybody again soon. God bless. Thanks for tuning in to today's High Praise Podcast. We trust that you have been blessed by this incredible discussion. Make sure you subscribe and write a review. God bless you.